Welcome to a powerful encounter with the Word of God, brought to you by Eastwood Annabelle. Acts chapter 5 verse 1, and a certain man by the name of Ananias, with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. They sold a possession. And kept back part of the price. Hey, Airo. <laughs> There's a breakthrough in the church, an anointing. And Barnabas and others are selling their land and bringing the money and putting it at the apostles' feet. Ananias and Sapphira sold their land. Now, presumably, this would mean that all the other people that were selling their land, when they sold the land, they brought all the money. They brought everything. So if they sold the land for, let's say, 20,000 Ghana cities, they brought all the 20,000 Ghana cities and they put it at the apostles' feet. But Ananias kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it. Now the highest level of evil is when you can do the evil and your wife also agrees with it. I mean, it's just like I come here to lie and mommy is also supporting the lie. I mean, that, that, what boldness do I have to even tell my wife we are going to lie? Eh? If you and if you are lying in the church let's go and lie so they kept by part of the price and they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet and Peter said Ananias why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price you know it's very easy for you to sit in a church and assume that it is you who decided not to give an offering, not to go to church, not to sing a song, or to resign from a department, or to do something like that. I've met people say, Oh, me, I've left, I've left the, the I've left the choir. I have left the prayer department. And then some do say, I left the church. Listen, you didn't leave. Satan filled your heart to leave. You were under a certain influence. Oh, as for me, I won't take my money and give it to a church or a ministry. I'm not a fool. It's true. You are not a fool. You are satanic. Satan has filled your heart. You see, say you are not a fool. I agree. Because a fool doesn't know what he's doing. But in your case, you are under a demonic inspiration. Satan has taken hold of your will. Satan has taken hold of your mind. And guess what? Satan has hardened your heart. Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? Now, how did he lie to the Holy Ghost? To keep back part of the price of the land. Last week I stood here and I was talking about give an offering of 500 or 600. I'd give you my offering already. Then during the second offering, I took 500 Ghana cities and I put it in an envelope. And I was about to put it on the altar. 
Then I heard the Holy Ghost whisper five or six times. Which one are you choosing? The 500 is five times. 600 will be six times. Which one are you choosing? Then I picked up a hundred, added it to the five, and put it on the altar. Because you know what? I'm too experienced to disobey God and put the 500 there. Sometimes when and Crophobia, I'm not talking about me because me, I'm not blessed yet. My blessing has not yet come. No, no, no. I keep telling people I'm one of the poorest people on earth. And that's because my needs are too many. The things by the grace of God I need to do for the kingdom, they are too many. So I'm a very poor man. When your needs outweigh your resources you are broke when your your vision is bigger than your money you are broke and i can tell you at this particular stage my vision is bigger than the money that is in my hand i pray somebody under the sound of my voice is the same but i pray in the name of jesus may your resources become bigger than your 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 assignment that means you have more than enough money to take care of your assignment receive it in the name of jesus come on clap your hands and praise jehovah now so satan filled the heart of ananias not to fornicate not to drink alcohol not to smoke tobacco not to smoke marijuana not to go kill somebody but Satan filled Ananias and Sapphira's heart to keep back part of the money. Look at the way people argue about tithe. No, when they are angry about tithe, you can see the devil in their eyes. I'm like, why is 10% making you that angry? What is your VAT? What, what, what is the percentage of VAT? Now, are you that angry about 17 or 12 percent? Why is it that when it comes to tithe, you are so angry? And, and the serious thing about it is that the people who are angry about the tithe are not the people who pay the tithe. I've been paying tithe from 1980 something. I've never been angry. I've never complained. Can I tell you this? I don't even notice it. Even when I used to be very broke, I never noticed when the tithe was leaving me. Because you know what, people? If 90% is not enough for me, 100% will not be enough. So you see, it is not the 10% you removed that made you poor. It's the 90% you kept. So believe God to increase the 90% and stop, stop fighting everybody. Sitting in church, making yourself angry and... Uh, your anger alone should tell you that God is not in this. The Bible said, the, the Bible said, don't let the sun go down on your anger, neither giving place to the devil. So there is some kind of anger, especially unwarranted anger. Anger that has no cause. You should know that the devil has taken hold of your heart. Why are you so angry? Appetite. And, and all this pastors that receive the people's time and other people use their money to buy beer 
apetechi. Rent prostitutes. You heard that word, rent. Buy drugs. Misbehave. And another person decided that instead of spending my money on alcoholism, I want to take 10% of it and give to a church so that they can use it and take care of the church and the church will look nice like this in Bogatanga. Let me ask you a question. What is wrong with that? Can brother Isu stand here and ask you a question? When did you ever see Muslims worshipping in a classroom? I mean, I've been around for some time. Pastor Mike, maybe I'm making a mistake. I don't see it. I don't see Muslims have gone to rent classroom. And they are doing Muslim prayers. Have you ever seen Muslims have gone to rent a cinema palace? They are worshipping God. Christians are meeting in nightclubs. The nightclub will go and dance in the night and go home. And Christians will come and take it. Sanctify the room. Clean, clean the floor of all the beer and other things. And do their church. By the time they finish, even the pastor is drunk. Because the fumes are in the air. So your pastor will stand and say, Hey, Rabbi Shanda. And you think it's anointing. Because whiskey. This friend of mine, a very big man, he said he went to Upper West. He said he saw the mosque. He said all over the place, springing up. Then he said somebody died and the person was a Christian. And they took the person to a church. He said, my brother. He said, daddy. He calls me daddy. He said, daddy. The church was like a shrine. I said, why? It was small, overcrowded, dilapidated. He said, he sat down and said, why? We serve the God who is the God who owns the cattle on the thousand hills. And the silver and the gold are his. Is this where we are going to be worshipping God? If you want people that have no shame, it's Christians. They can park a beautiful car outside the classroom and they are worshipping God in the classroom and sit on wooden chair and get up and go home. Why are you not clapping? <laughs> And the, the sad thing is that sometimes they are very good Christians. When they get a little money, then they become complicated. No, when they get a little money, nobody now can touch them. Nobody can correct them. Nobody can rebuke them. They come to church when they want to come. They don't go if they don't want to go. Listen, the fear of God just leaves them. Let's go back to Ananias and Safi. Safira, why did Satan fill your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of their land? You know, sometimes the, 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 the how to know you have a demon 
is the money you kept away. Yeah. The one you refused to give to God. Can you imagine yesterday I told you, I'm, I'm lying on the bed. The Lord told me, look, you, you are just like a piece of rag. I didn't understand it last night, but when I came here and I stood here today, then he reminded me. He, he said, you see the time I told you to go and get those 2,000 chairs. He said, there's nothing you have which is yours. Remember where you are coming from. Very poor background with nothing. I used to lie on this um, Sorikwe Juma, this grass mattress. So me, I see myself like a piece of rag that is just lying there. And anything I have belongs to God. And I'm lying there and the Lord said, but buy, get, you and Rosewood, get 2,000 chairs and put them in the place and change the way the church looks. Because when I stand here and I look at the back like that, I get headache. Of course, for many of us, it's normal. So the one that thinks it's abnormal should change it. And by the grace of God, we will place the order and we'll change it. And then I came here and I'm ministering and I see this heap of rags. And the Lord said, that is the way human beings are. And out of the heap of rags, a hand is pulling silver and gold and picking precious metal. He said, that is the way I take rags and I put precious things in them. And whenever I want the precious things, I take it out of them and I use it to do my work. It is just like the people of Israel who are in the land of Egypt and they are like rags. They are nothing. God told them finally, go and borrow silver and gold. And when they borrowed the silver and the gold and they went into the wilderness and God wanted the silver and the gold. God said, Moses, now go to my people and raise my offering from them. And when God said, raise my offering from them, they released it. I came to tell somebody, you are nothing and you have nothing. You are nothing and you have nothing. Because you are nothing, any silver and gold you see with you, belongs to almighty God and you better get to the place where you begin to understand that whether it is your money, it is your skill it is your knowledge, it is your wisdom, the day God comes to you and says I want it, release it I want it, release it whilst it remained was it not your own and after it was sold, was it not in your power? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied unto men, but you have lied unto God. You know, what the people hate these days is for us to tell them that some of the things, they are not doing it against men. They are doing it against God. In fact, they hate it. When you say they think you are being arrogant, Yes, you people must remember, these your pastors, they are not God. Peter was not God. But when Ananias lied, Peter said, you know what? You did not lie unto men, you have lied unto God. Can I tell you this? There is a way a pastor can treat the people. And when you treat them like that, you are not treating the people like that. You are treating God like that. So Peter told, Jesus told Peter, he said, Peter, if you love me, keep my lambs. That means what you do to the lambs, that is what you are doing to me. So there is a way I will treat you. Let me go back to the chairs. When mommy and I bring in 2,000 chairs and you are sitting on them, we know that it is not you we have given the chairs to. We have given the chairs to God. The Bible said you can lend unto God. 
So, I'm looking at you, but I'm seeing God. Somebody asked me a question. He said, Brother Sue, why do you have so much love and you relate to people the way you do? I said, you know what? Any human being I see, I have seen God. So when I see NS, I have seen God. I see Lizzie, I have seen God. I have seen comfort, I have seen God. I have seen comfort, number one, I have seen God. So me, I don't look for God in the air. I'm not the kind who will be worshipping and I'm trying to imagine God. Because as soon as I enter the church, I have seen God in Pastor Prince, I've seen God in Pastor Livingston, I've seen God in Pastor Aaron, I've seen God. So I know in this church, when I dig a borehole, I have done it for God. When I give somebody food, I have given it to God. When I pay a child's school fees, I have done it for God. And look at the way Jesus said, as you do unto one of the least of these, my brethren, you have done it unto me. So the pastor's wisdom is for you to understand that the way you treat the people, that is the way you are treating God. And it's the same way the member too should understand that the way you are treating the pastor, that is the way you are treating God. So you should also understand if the pastor abuses the people, he's abusing God. In the same way, if you are a member and you are abusing the pastor, you are, you are abusing God. Now, you know what people, when the pastor prays for you, you say amen. The same pastor gives you an instruction. You say no, you, you are in the church to listen to God, not men. You have not lied unto men, but you have lied unto God. So, Auntie Julie, anything that comes in the name of God, I'm afraid to touch it. Sometimes you see church members and they are criticizing pastors as if they themselves don't have any sin and they don't have anything to worry about. You're the one criticizing the pastors the way you do. Are you sure you are really perfect? I know you are better than the pastors, but are you sure you are perfect? Listen, let's humble ourselves. Let's humble ourselves. Every savior, every savior must pray for the, the wisdom. The wisdom, and that wisdom is the fear of God. Then the third prayer we are going to pray is every savior must pray for the will. The will. To lay down your life to save those who God has called you to save. Now watch this statement I made. A savior cannot save his or her life and save the world. A savior, you cannot save your life and save the world. When you meet anybody who is not ready to die for what they have chosen to do, they cannot be saviors. No, they can't be. I've never seen a soldier who is afraid to die. Or policeman who is afraid to die. Astronaut. You fear that you cannot be an astronaut. Because you are going to be hanging in the air. And you are not a bat. If you land, 
No, and plane disaster and plane crash is plane crash. They don't pick anybody alive. Not even, not even a pin. So, every day they are free. So, a savior must be somebody who has the will to lay down your life. You, you must be willing. You must be willing. We are preaching. We are teaching. I have to do what I'm doing 40 days and 40 nights. Every morning, every evening. You know, but there's something in my mind. I'm teaching. The things I'm teaching tonight. I know my pastors are very good preachers. They are all very good preachers. But there are things I say here they can't say. Because you see, if they say it, it will be out of order. And during fasting and prayer, the leader of the house must stand there and make some proclamations, make some declarations, make some statements, and give some directives to the body and to, to the church and where we are going. For example, all the things I've been saying so far about the wisdom and the things I've been saying so far, and I'm going to say about about. Praying for the will of God to lay down your life. If I give the, the, that topic to any of the pastors to lead us to say it, um, they'll be a little cautious because I'm sitting there. And I'm the same person to do it. And I'm doing it morning and night, morning and night. Okay? But, but people, you must have the will to lay down your life. The Bible said some of them were tortured but they did not accept deliverance. They were tortured, but they did not accept deliverance. I want to pick up a scripture. First John. My little children, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Verse number two. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not only ours but for the sins of the whole world so Jesus Christ died not only for the sins of the Jews but for the sins of the Gentiles that is what it means it doesn't mean that Jesus Christ shed his blood and even if you don't get saved and you are in the world then you are saved that is not what it means now so he shed his blood and he shed the blood by dying or he died in the he shed his blood and he died okay and gave his life for us turn to somebody and tell the person you cannot save your life and save the world come on shout it you cannot save your life and save the world and there are many people who are doing things and they are not ready to die for them they are not ready to die They are not ready to die. They don't want to pay a price. I want to end with Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Matthew 16, 24. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Come on, somebody shout, let him deny himself. Come on, shout it, let him deny himself. 
say the last time, let him deny himself. Yep. So you want to follow me? And then he says, okay, Mr. Pharmacist, deny yourself. Stop calling yourself pharmacist, huh? They'll call you a pastor and they will insult you small. Deny yourself. Sometimes you want to join a church and you are thinking about what people will say. If I give my life to Christ and I go to that church, people are going to talk about me. People are going to abuse me. Oh, Yehovah. I was in this church when Mama Paulina joined us. They attacked her from everywhere. Mama Comfort joined us. Hell broke loose. When Mama Comfort joined us, hell broke loose. They said she's going to join the confused boys. I told her, I said, Mama, from the very first day you visited our church on just a program, I knew you would come here. So better still sit here and continue receiving the insult. And in that same church, praying and praying and praying and praying. Look at the kind of woman God has made her. Look at the kind of woman God has made her. Look at, look at the kind of woman God has made her. Believing God. Trusting God. She has seen her afflictions. But she has also seen blessings. Listen. There is a price you have to pay. When God told me stay in Bogatanga all your life, it was a price I have to pay. So you can stand there and then you are looking at our church and then everything and you are like, hey, Osofo is really enjoying it. No, the time he embraced his call to pay that price, you were not there. And up till today, you don't understand the nature of the price. When God puts you in Bogatanga and gives you an itinerant ministry, and says you have to be going around the world and you are moving this tamale burger road you sit in the plane and our plane is the kind you sit in and you must be praying in tongues until you land and when you land you say thank you Jesus and you are thinking about the next time you sit in it again and you are doing it and then you come back and then God now adds all this KIE and everything to it you preach in the morning, you are tired in the evening, you must pick up your body again, come and sit back here. All of that is pressure. And you, are, you keep reading these things about a man of God must rest. A man of God must rest. And almost everybody, including those who trouble you, when they call you, the first thing they say is, man of God rest for us. Oh, but I need small prayer. But you just told me to rest. But people, your life, there will be a demand on your life. Huh? Matthew 16, 24. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. I was on deny yourself. Deny yourself. I believe you've been blessed by this message. 
For further information, please visit www.eastwoodanaba.com. God bless you richly.